And lastly, the last thing I would do, again, kind of flipping the tables, I'd ask them if they had it all to do over again, would they apply to work there? And, and do it in a compassionate way, right? You know, not, you know, you don't want to be, you know, aggressive with it, but, you know, it was my way of just saying, would you still work here? You know, and you can tell a lot. They're going to dig deep. <laughs> Are they pausing before they answer? <laughs> do they let out a heavy sigh <laughs> before they answer? <sighs> Life is going great until one day you're out of work. No matter how it happened, you need to find a new job. Pronto. The problem is, no one ever taught you how to navigate the ever-shifting and ever-changing wasteland of applying for a job in the modern market. I'm Rob Conlon, and here on Recruiting Hell, I help people get jobs. I'm on a mission to help educate 10,000 job seekers on the best ways to get hired in the modern job market. No matter your field, this show is designed to help you level up your job hunting game and escape the many circles of Recruiting Hell. Step into my studio, and let's get you the hell out of here. This episode of Recruiting Hell is generously supported by our friends at CoinList, one of the fastest-growing companies in the cryptocurrency space. CoinList is hiring. Visit www.coinlist.co slash jobs to apply. Tell them Rob sent you. Hello and welcome to Recruiting Hell. I'm your host, Rob Conlon. Today on the show, one of the oldest bits of job advice gets a fresh look. Throughout my time looking for a job as well as yours, I'm sure you've heard the rather tired phrase of just be yourself. It's a bit infuriating sometimes because often it's not really defined by the person who's telling you to do it. What that person most likely means, though, is be authentic. What exactly is authenticity, though, and how do we build it into our personal brand and the way that we conduct ourselves in a professional environment? Today, we're going to find out from someone who has built an entire business around authenticity. Roger Walkoff is the founder of All About Authenticity and co-host of the MP3 podcast, Mastering Personality, Perspective, and Productivity. Roger, it's fantastic to have you here on Recruiting Hell to talk about how we can be more authentic in a job search, and it's honestly, it's about darn time, too, because... It's been over 20 episodes since we had your co-host, Ariel, on uh, for episode 20. So welcome to the show, my friend. It's great to complete the set in this case. Hey, Rob, thanks for having me. Well, I, I just got to say you had to have Ariel first. Not that she's competitive or anything, but it's it's a good thing. There would have been hell to pay if I'd have gone before she did. So <laughs> 20 episodes later, I am so grateful to be here. So grateful well, to be here. Thanks for having that me. Excellent, my friend. And again, it's been it's been neat watching your show evolve uh, alongside of mine too and again i'm just very happy very happy to have uh podcast buddies that are real buddies like you guys too and it's it's a wonderful thing so well and if our and listening to our podcast you they may they may recognize a familiar oh, voice yeah here. that's right yeah that's they, right you know, you good, rob you were you were so kind <laughs> to do our intros and outros and they were masterful my friend thank you thanks for your help absolutely i had a ton of fun doing them uh that's that's one of the things that really helped me when i was you know feeling like unemployment was really getting to me was, was doing some of that, uh, that work for other people that really made the difference to them. Uh, whether that was for actual, you know, compensation or even for some folks that I helped out of uh, in other methods too. So good deal, man. And again, thanks for, uh, thanks for plugging that little bit that I <laughs> work that, uh, is tied in with yourself. So let's jump in here a little bit, Roger. We're talking about authenticity today. First question is what on earth does that mean 
to you and what does it mean in the context of a job search? Great question, Rob. Authenticity to me, it means what it says. It means being genuine. I'm going to go straight to that definition. It means showing up as who you are, not putting on any false pretenses or being someone you're not. Bottom line. In the context of a job search, authenticity means a few things. First, be true to yourself. Capture the stories and experiences you know, you've had in your past jobs. That's what I would advise. Uh, second, show up as yourself in the interview and any conversations you have with interviewers, right? Remember they're hiring all of you, right? That's what they're doing. And last point, the more authentic and real you are, you know, the more likely you'll find the right fit for you and your employer. Got it. So that second point you made there was what my mom always used to tell me when I was going into an interview. And God, God bless her. I love her. Mom, you're fantastic. Shouting you out in this episode. Uh, but she told me, just be yourself. And as a young professional, I felt like that was kind of advice at the time. Did I underestimate that? What are your thoughts on that? Well, isn't mom advice always like that, Rob? Uh, <laughs> right? Careful. careful. She lives in Milwaukee, man. No, no it is. And, 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 uh, lo- lo- mom, if you're listening, love you. Love you. I understand it, right? But mom advice, that, that's, what, that's what we get, right? Be yourself. Uh, be careful. Tie your shoes. Make sure your, your pants are zipped up. Yes, mom. I, I, I will. You know, she was, she was spot on. And you know what? I heard that same advice as you did. You know, my mom gave me that same, you know, I would hear that from everyone, right? Be yourself. And, and at the time I didn't listen to it. I didn't. And all I, I heard all this advice, right? About how you're supposed to act and how you're supposed to be in the interview, right? We get all those tips and tricks. And for me, it meant that I would, that I should have been doing something else. And I, and I wasn't showing up as myself. However, as I got older, that advice to be yourself made a heck of a lot more sense. It changed my perspective on how I went into the interview, and we'll talk a little bit more about that. But it's probably the best advice you can get. Just be yourself. Interesting. If I can ask, what were you doing in the times where you were not being yourself that was, I guess, maybe sabotaging you? Yeah, they would say, you know, be, be a certain way. Like, uh, make sure you show yourself as a go-getter, Right. Well, okay. I didn't know what the heck that meant. So I made some assumption. You know, I, I assume like if I'm, if I'm interviewing with you, Rob, well, oh man, he's looking for a go-getter. Well, I think this is what a go-getter would say. <laughs> and I wasn't answering, you know, the way that Roger would have answered, <laughs> you know, uh, it, to a particular question. You know, I, I remember interviewing for a couple of sales jobs, you know, and I even, I think I might even use the word go-getter, you know, well, yeah, you know, I'm a real self-starter go-getter, you know, I'm your man, sir. <laughs> you know, I, I would, I would say all these, these words would come out of my mouth that weren't even me. And I was trying to please too much to, to kind of, you know, curry favor with whoever it was I was interviewing with when all the while I really should have just been me. Interesting. And I think it's, it's a very good thing that you say, I was trying to curry favor with these people and they could probably smell that, that that's like a little bit of a suck up kind of thing. And I oh, think mile that, away. Yeah, that's the sabotage right there. Yeah. Yeah, completely. <laughs> so Could no be. wonder I didn't get those jobs. You know? <laughs> and that's fine. That's fine because, you know, I wasn't a good fit, right? If I, if they would have interviewed and seen me and it was a right match, which eventually it was, you know, in, in, in some of the jobs that I got later on. Yeah. You know, that it worked out completely, you know, especially when I was myself. Got it. So when we're looking for a job, Roger, we head to that interview and we're sitting there. What what are we going to be thinking about as to how we present ourselves to be the most authentic and potentially likable 
candidate we can be for a job. I remember one of my past guests said, convince them that you're already one of them, if you will. And, and how, how does that kind of work out? I like that. I like that answer. I really do. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to build on that answer and, and give you kind of maybe a shocking answer to this. The, I like the assumptive close. And I would do that. As a matter of fact, as your, as you, as your other uh, guest had said, I would come in and I'd be like, I'm already one of the team, like the assumptive close. And I'd be like, Hey, so Mary, when we're working on this project, what's my first responsibility? What am I going to be doing? Who am I meeting with? You know, all of that, you know, just talking present tense, like I had the job. My, my answer to the question is, what should we be thinking? <laughs> you shouldn't be thinking about anything. All right. Now that's, that's, that's kind of out there. Here's why I say that. I want you to treat the interview as a conversation. That's it. Just treat the interview as a conversation, right? You likely just met this person, right? So if you're yourself, be yourself and they'll pick up on the vibe that you're putting out there. So remember when you just told me I wasn't putting out the right vibe before when I wasn't being myself, right. they could smell that a mile away. Well, I, my attitude later on it, as I was, as I was interviewing for jobs was I told people, I, I told people, I just treat this as a conversation. We're getting to know each other. My daughter laughs. Cause I said, it's kind of like two dogs sniffing butts, <laughs> but <laughs> I, that, that's, that's a, that's a little out there, but we're, we're getting to know each other, right? They're sniffing you out. I'm sniffing you out. We're trying to figure out who each other is. Sure. You want to be prepared. You want to have your stories ready. So, you know, definitely what should we be thinking, have that stuff ready. But as far as likability, that kind of depends on the chemistry that you're going to have between you and the interviewer. I don't know. There's one way or, you know, too many ways around that. However, I guarantee you, if you show up as you and they show up as them, you're both going to get the get to the right outcome. It might not be the the one that you were hoping for, but in the long run, it's going to be the right outcome because if they like you for who you are and you like them for who they are, that's we call that a fit. You know, that's right. a good fit. And you know that when you show up for day 1, you know, you don't have to put on an act or anything. It's, you know, you you've genuinely shown up. Gotcha. It's one of those things I always used to say when trying to fit into a company culture, you will know right away if you don't spin at the same speed as everybody else. If, you, if we're thinking like gears, oh, you're like going to bind, bind that machine if you're not spinning at the same speed as everybody else. It totally. doesn't mean that what you spin at is wrong. It just means that it doesn't fit this machine. Right so on. That, that's, that's a really good one. And, and listeners, might be worth a, a repeat on that one here. Hit that 15-second button back a little bit. But anyway, so... Something that actually also mentioning hit, hit the back button, uh, if you will, way back in episode 19 with this guest that I mentioned said, hey, you know, prove that you're one of them too. He talked about mirroring as well. And just so everybody's on the same page, mirroring is matching your communication style to another person in tone, in energy. And of course, if you want to learn more about that, go listen to episode 19, dear listeners. But Roger, I want to ask you, how does like mirroring interact with authenticity, especially if that person is not communicating in the same way that we normally do. It's another great one, Rob. Yeah. I'm going to go on the, the, the tack that this has more to do with communication than authenticity. And I'm going to circle back to authenticity and just a little okay. bit with it. So I think that this is the way this works. People, people can't help who they are. And here's what I mean by that, right? It's, they can't help who they are because it's their natural behaviors and tendencies that are going to come through eventually. So when we talk about mirroring, right, these behaviors that we're, we're prone to just have to come out naturally. So let's think about this. In a situation like an interview or a conversation, 
our brain is going to process so much information that your natural behaviors are going to come through. So even if I'm putting on an act or I'm trying to do something a little differently, um, that mirroring is going to come into play. You know, our, that's the way we're wired. You know, like if I cross my arms, eventually you're going to cross your arms. I cross my legs or I turn my body a certain way. You're naturally going to want to do that because we're going to want to mirror each other to communicate well. Here's what I did, for example, to kind of answer that question in interviews to kind of get to this idea of authenticity. I wanted to figure out where I was. I was trying to test the interviewer's empathy, if you will, because okay. empathy to me is, is a core way to you know kind of connect with someone's authenticity. Yeah. So what I would do. It's just to see, you know, how, 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 where they were. I would atten- intentionally tilt my head one way. And you can't see this because you're listening through your ear pods, folks. Uh, but I'm tilting my head, you know, one way. And eventually, eventually, Rob would tilt his head, you know, the same way. Just to, you know, because right. that empathy would kick in. Or I might, you know, raise my arm up or I, you know, put, put my, uh, wrap my uh, hand around my chin or something like that. That's going to happen. So I would do that just to kind of test their empathy. So to me, it was kind of a a test of their authenticity to circle back. I hope that makes the connection for our listeners. It does. So are you saying to test interviewers in this way? I'm I'm not saying you should or shouldn't. (laughs) I'm telling you what I did. I I, I thought it was a neat, neat test because to me it, uh, and, and I did this too with smiling. You know, I tended to smile a lot more, you know, and depending on the answer, you know, I mean, you know, if we were talking about a serious topic, you know, it's whatever was appropriate for the situation. But that to me was a way that, you know, if I wanted to leave them with a certain feeling, I'd smile and see if they would catch on. It was always a good way to also kind of test their mood, see what kind of mood they were into. <laughs> Interesting. So here, here we are performing experiments on, on hiring managers. <laughs> Not so much. I see where I know what you're saying. You know, I'm not trying to be malicious here with it. I'm just no, not at all. No, it's an interesting thought experiment, you know, or just an interesting thing to just kind of test, you know, in the interview. But the, the, the main thing that I'm getting at there is, you know, if you treat it as a normal conversation, their natural behaviors and their natural responses are going to kick in. Hey, listeners, we're going to take a quick break here for some of the business side of running a podcast. These sponsors not only believe in this show, but they may have a product service, or even an open position that can help you end your job hunt. Give them a listen and drop by their websites in thanks for their help in supporting this show and your work search. Hey folks, it's Rob. A lot of times on this show, we talk about the power of networking to find a job. Well, networking is exactly how we wound up partnering with our newest sponsor, CoinList. So you're asking yourself right now, Rob, what is CoinList? Well, CoinList is a San Francisco and New York City-based technology company that provides investors with access to the most cutting-edge investment opportunities in the blockchain and cryptocurrency space. On CoinList, investors can access the best new crypto tokens before they list on other crypto exchanges, and it pays to be early in crypto. Now, right now, they have two special offers for listeners of Recruiting Hell. The first, as a Recruiting Hell listener, you'll earn $10 of Bitcoin when you create an account and trade at least $100 worth of assets on the CoinList trading platform. That's right, you heard me, free Bitcoin. Just visit www.coinlist.co slash recruiting hell to get started. The second is something that could end your time in recruiting hell altogether. CoinList is hiring. You heard me right, CoinList could be your next great opportunity for work. Excited about cryptocurrency? Got a passion for technology? Find CoinList's open positions today 
at coinless.co slash jobs. That's coinless.co slash jobs. And when you do, be sure to tell them Rob sent you. We're back. A big thank you to our sponsors for their offerings as well as you for considering them. On with the show. All right, so pivoting just a pinch on this here, Roger, we might be like mirroring, but there's something of a mission on each side that we have to accomplish. And you have told me multiple times, I know, interviews are a two-way street. So when we're in the interview, how do we authentically pursue our own goals of maybe getting hired at this company and evaluating that company? And what should those goals be? Because, you know, we're, we're looking out for number one here, but we also have to kind of play by their rules. You do, uh, 100%, Rob. And here's what I would do. The, the tack I would take is not only in the interview, I would, I would get them, first off, I would try to get them to tell stories, to you know, get them to, to talk as, as they would in a conversation. And also throughout, you know, to find out as much as you can in evaluating the company, I would try to talk to as many people as you could who currently work there or have worked for that company. And you can do this with the interviewer too, what I'm about to tell you. You know, you can tell a lot about them, you know, just not only what they say, but how they say it. So one of my favorite ways to do this was to ask them to tell me their favorite story about their experience at the company, right? You know, especially, okay. you know, you know and, and I'd, and I'd kind of either insert that in where there was a natural way to do that, or I'd wait till the end if they were saying, so do you have any questions? Uh, the other way I would do that, you know, is ask them to tell you about a fond memory they have about working there. And you can also ask them about their most challenging time. And lastly, the last thing I would do, again, kind of flipping the tables, I'd ask them if they had it all to do over again, would they apply to work there? That's a almost a hot take question right there. That is, that's an, that's an aggressive right? one. I like it. I really like it. And, and do it in a compassionate way, right? You know, not, you know, you don't want to be, you know, aggressive with it, but you know, it was my way of just saying, would you still work here? You know, and you can tell a lot. They're going to dig deep. <laughs> Are they pausing before they answer? Yeah. <laughs> Do they let out a heavy sigh <laughs> before they answer? <sighs> yeah, I guess I would. You know, that, that tells you more than, oh, you know, what. in a heartbeat, in a heartbeat, I'd apply again, you know, so a lot of other ways you can gather information. Yeah. That, that one. Nice little four pack there at the end of, of an interview for some folks to maybe drop on, on some maybe. hiring managers there, especially some of that last one really could reveal a lot of treasure or terror, if you will, with that yeah. company, you know, things along those lines. Interesting. So Roger, uh, during that interview, you know, and even when we're working at an organization, we're hopefully growing, we're hopefully learning, we're hopefully expanding ourselves a little bit. How do we continue to stay faithful to who we are and remain authentic through change, and whether that's personal or professional? Yeah. Well, to stay faithful to who you are, Rob, you got to stay true to your values, first and foremost. Know your values. Know what you stand for. Biggest advice I can give you is never compromise on who you are. And I had to learn, uh, let me tell you, I had to learn that the hard way and, and through experience. So when I was a project manager at, a, new, at a, a company that was new to me, loved leadership. I loved the culture uh, and the mission they were on. I mean, I would follow this leader anywhere. I mean, she was just great. She oh, was, wow. she was transparent, you know, upfront, quick 30 second aside. One time we were at a social event and she was from the South and she said, and she knew my personality type. 
and she said, Darling, don't the details about this job just bug the crap out of you? Now imagine the vice president of the company asking you about, you know, <laughs> how you perform your job. And I'm like, yeah. uh, well, to tell you the truth, they do. <laughs> you know, and, and, I, and I, yeah, I said, yeah, I said, here's what I do enjoy. You know, I said, I do enjoy, you know, the interaction. I enjoy meeting with people. I can run a, a tight meeting and I love all this kind of stuff. And I said, you know, the, the, the metrics of the job, the details I can do, you know, it's just not my, my preference. So anyway, leadership culture and mission. So now we fast forward two years and that leadership has changed. She's no longer there. New culture, new mission, right? All of a sudden, Rob, all of this was not in alignment with my values anymore. And here's something I learned about myself. I stayed a little longer than I should have. So you asked me about change and authenticity, right? So I stayed a little longer than I should have. And eventually, because of all the changes, I was downsized and I was out of a job. It turned out fine because it led to my current career where I'm a a speaker trainer and all of that good stuff. So the lesson was, you know, I had to take a good hard look at my values and make sure that I wasn't compromising on them. I should have left sooner. Right. And that can be really a, a big challenge, you know, for myself even as, as well, uh, looking at, you know, I had to leave an organization a couple of years ago and, you know, it, it's rough to say, wow, this, I don't fit here anymore. It is. And I guess part of being authentic perhaps, and, and maybe I'm stepping out of the boundaries here, but part of being authentic is realizing when you don't fit at an organization. True. True. That's, that's part of that lesson. <laughs> I hear you. That's yeah, a great definitely. point. That's a great point. <laughs> Good deal. So we talked a little bit about change, but let's put the, put the shoe on the other foot here. Authenticity isn't just how you present yourself to other people. And, and that was, you know, we talked, we kind of skirted on this a little bit here with being sort of true to yourself. It's, it's again, how you see yourself and how you sort of act and in line in accordance with that. In the past, you and I have talked about EQ or emotional intelligence. A, can you give us a quick rundown? Because I know you're going to give a better one than I am. And then B, how is authenticity going to tie into that? Oh man, now you're talking my language. Emotional intelligence. Good. <laughs> that's that, that's what that that's my bread and butter right now. That's what I do. Right. Uh, part of my uh, gig is creating companies and teams people don't want to leave, and I do that with emotional intelligence. That's that's what I love talking about. So, authenticity is so tied to IQ. So, really, uh, in a nutshell, emotional intelligence has to do with your self awareness and how you self manage yourself. That's the self side. Right. The second component. Okay. To, the second component to emotional intelligence is the social piece. And that's your social awareness, how aware you are of other people's actions, thoughts, behaviors, as well as how you manage your own relationships. And there's this other component that comes in there. It's, you know, when you talk about how we show up for others, the last piece is, is about empathy. So we have the, the managing yourself, the social, and then where does empathy fit in all of this? So it's tied to authenticity because you said it right there. How do we show up? How do we show up, right? It's not all about us. Uh, one component of, let me give you a, a quick example. One example of one of my earliest lessons was receiving feedback from a friend. That's actually uh, a, so an emotional intelligence component, how well you take feedback. Uh, so first I had to be receptive to the feedback. So this, this friend pulled me aside one day, very early in my career, and he talked to me about how I was showing up in meetings. I was the disruptive one. 
I was the one cracking wise uh, too much in the meeting. I was the one who wasn't taking the meeting seriously, you know, at times, you know, I just thought whatever I was thinking in my head, I may have been young, foolish, but somebody could say, right, you could say, well, Roger was just being authentic there. Well, at the time I was, but here's the deal. I was also being disrespectful. Okay. So based on the feedback that I received from my friend, I decided to change how I showed up based on that gift of feedback. So when we talk about authenticity and how we show up, you know, I think emotional intelligence does have a lot to do with it. So he was, you know, like I said, I wasn't showing up well in a social situation and uh, I had the, the benefit of the feedback and I just chose to do something with it. Gotcha. Cause your EQ at the time. And again, I've been, I, I'm maybe still young and stupid. <laughs> in this case, I, I just turned 35, but I, I still feel like I'm kind of young and dumb sometimes, but I guess, you know, EQ and, and growing your emotional intelligence is, is kind of realizing when maybe you're out of line in whether it's a personal or professional position. And I think that your story kind of illustrated that, that at the time, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but maybe you didn't have the, the EQ to realize that you were kind of being a turkey in the middle of this, this meeting and you were being viewed by others as maybe your authentic kind of jokey blokey self, but maybe they didn't like that because it was really disrespecting them. True. Uh, you're right on, right on cue. I, I, my, my emotional intelligence at the time was low. Uh, and thankfully that's one of the things we can change. You know, they, you, you can't change your personality. You can't change your intelligence, right. but your emotional intelligence is one of those measures that you can change. So, uh, like I said, I, I decided to do something with that. I can still be gotcha. funny. I can still be humorous. Uh, sometimes yes. I do still push the boundaries and I hope I can self-regulate enough as well as, uh, be aware of when I'm, out of bounds and know the audience and know the situation to know enough to pull back. So then you mentioned that we can change our EQ, our, our emotional intelligence. How? Well, through an assessment, you know, quite honestly, there's, you know, you can take any kind of a EQ assessment. Some are deeper than others, but if you find based on the answers, based on those four quadrants, self-awareness, self-management, social awareness, and uh, managing your relationships, the lower you score in one of those, that's an indicator that you might want to do some things to improve uh, in that area. And there, uh, one of the, I, I do a course on this. There are strategies that you can do in each of those areas to increase your, your emotional intelligence. For example, one of the things in self-management is you might, let's say that you're triggered very easily and you, and you're quick to respond. Well, one of the, one of the, uh, one of the strategies, quite honestly, is to count to 10. Now you might think that's ridiculous, right? You know, count to 10. Are you kidding me? Am I in elementary school again? But by counting to 10, here's what you're doing. You're actually engaging the rational part of your brain and you're taking away from the emotional part of your brain to respond. So if you're quick to react, like if, if I said something to you that triggered you right now and you just wanted to jump all over my case, well, you would count to 10. Or another thing is a breathing strategy. So yeah, you can change it just by practicing these strategies, then you could increase your self-management skills. So it's almost like putting little limiters on, on your personality, if you will, you know, this, this buffer you're talking about, you know, counting to 10 to make sure that you're not jumping on somebody, especially, you know, if they said something, maybe in an interview that kind of gets you a little, little wound up or whatever it might be, or even in a regular conversation, these little buffers and things like that, that you're, you're talking about are ways to 
temper that EQ and kind of bring it bring it to a new level because you are you're thinking before you're acting basically you are you know that's a great strategy actually if you get thrown a hardball question or or a question that really throws you off in an interview uh, I practice this all the time in interviews I would breathe count to 3 gather my thoughts then I'd respond Right. It wasn't like, well, like one of those things that I thought, oh, man, I got to answer, you know, right away. I got to answer, you know, his, 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 the question immediately or they're going to think I'm, you know, I'm stupid or something. Forget it. You know, take your time. Give yourself give yourself permission to pause and think about it while you're thinking. You may even give back to the interviewer. You might say, you know what? That's a really great, great question. May I have a few seconds to think about that? You know, and they'll they'll give you time. Yeah. You know, right. you, now I wouldn't do it for every single question necessarily, but you know, for the hard ones, you know, pick one or two where you might want to have some pause to, to, to give a uh, thoughtful, rational answer. Fair enough. And you know, that's actually funny that, that you mentioned that, that pause, I know from some of my background, and this is kind of more for the listeners than for our conversation here necessarily, but from my background in sales and other vocal things, when you speak to somebody, it can take them up to eight seconds to actually formulate an answer. And if you look at a person for eight seconds, if you're in like a sales situation or you're in, I mean, if you and I stare at each other for eight seconds, Roger, and I think, I think I'm going to do it here. I'm going to do eight seconds of silence. This is what you should be giving people for their answers when you're speaking to them, if they're not responding. So we're going to go with right now. Here we go. Eight seconds of silence. That's right? eight seconds of silence. That is like an eternity of silence, which is unbelievable. And, and Roger, thank you for, for playing along with that here a little bit. I know eight seconds of silence is, is wild. So in an interview, hopefully your interviewer has some of that knowledge that, you know what, people don't necessarily need to provide a, yeah. a jolt of an answer right away. Take that time, buy yourself that time. I think, Roger, you you said it best of that's a great question. May I have a few moments to think about that? And then take that extra four, yeah. five, six, seven, maybe eight seconds tops to get your thoughts in order. And I think I think that's an excellent thing. And I think it shows a lot of EQ on the part of yourself too to know when you don't have exactly. an answer ready to roll. Good deal. All right. So last question we're working on tonight, Roger. So EQ, in my experience, has been a bit of a song, a bit of like the old song. You got to know when to hold them, know when to fold them, know when to walk away, know when to run. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And it's EQ is something that is so, it can be difficult to develop. But it also says something about, you know, the authenticity of how you see yourself and how you perceive yourself in a organization. So when you're leaving a company, what, what do you do? I mean, when you want to get out or are being maybe forced out or thrown out, who knows, uh, how do you stay authentic to yourself and not tip your hand to either what you're doing to find uh, your next uh, adventure or to make sure that you get the best deal well, out a, of being pushed out. What a, what, what a question to end on. 
<laughs> multifaceted question. I got a couple of angles on it. Right. I know it's a big right? one. It's a big one. I Here's try to the ramp deal. These, Bottom line, first off, you can still be authentic no matter what, right? Uh, that's that's uh, first and foremost. You can be authentic, which I define as genuine, and you can still be looking for other opportunities, right? Because we talked about that, being true to yourself, you know, being authentic. Okay. Here's the deal. I see a, there's a difference between authenticity full transparency and let's just talk about candor too right i think there's a difference there so you know yeah you know so i mean if i'm if i'm being authentic you know that's that's within me right and i can choose how much i want to disclose or not disclose with you you know if there's full transparency well then i'm an open freaking book to you and everybody else you know i'm going to talk about this in just a second you know when when to be transparent about your situation or not let me just touch on candor real quick because i get this all the time, all the time Sounds when good. I would do authenticity talks or bring up the subject of authenticity. Um, about half the time after I finish my talk, someone says, Raj, you know what? I, I hear you. Can I ask you a question? I, I was authentic with my manager and yet I still get, you know, poor performance reviews or they still tell me to, you know, I need to watch my mouth or I need to do this or I need to do that. And I'd say, fascinating. Can you play back for me a piece of the conversation that you had with your manager that led them to say this to you? And a lot of the times, Rob, it's fun, it, it's interesting. They are they are things that are outside the the, the bounds of you know uh, what you and I would consider you know tacit or good behavior. Uh, well, you told me to be authentic, yeah, but you know being you know candor. She would say, well, I told my manager that I really thought her you know, and I'm. I'm really going to paraphrase here. I told my manager, I thought her manager, her managerial style sucked. And I'm like, okay, that example right there, that's an example of you having candor. Okay. First off, there are probably more diplomatic ways to say that. And number two, <laughs> um, that's, you know, you also may choose whether or not you want to say that to your manager, right? That's some social awareness. Can they handle the feedback? Can they do this? Did you ask them if they, you know, you could share the feedback? So that's candor. Let's go into the situation, right? You know, you're looking for other opportunities. So you can be authentic to yourself and your values, most certainly, right? You can do your current work and you can still look for a better or different situation, whether it's in the same company or not. It's up to you what choice you make about when to reveal what your intention is, right? If you want to use the fact that you're looking for other opportunities, you could use you could use it as a bargaining chip, right? To show your value or if you're not happy in your current situation, right? Then I say, be true to yourself and explore, right? You, you can say, you know, look, I'm, when the timing is right, and you know, we everybody talks about this, you know, when the timing is right, you can say, look, I'm ready to go to um, Happy Farms company over there because they're looking for software developers and they really, I love their culture over there and uh, you know, the pay is a little better and I just wanted to tell you that. And I just wanted to give you an opportunity to either, you know, make me an offer I can't refuse or very politely say, you know, is there anything you'd like to offer me here that, that might keep me here? You know, and, and because, you know, if you're being authentic and true to yourself, right, if the situation is better at Happy Farms Company, like they're, maybe they're going to, you know, teach you more mad programming skills, or maybe they're going to, you know, maybe their, their work-life balance culture is way better than where you currently are. Well, if you value those things, then that's being authentic to yourself, 
I hope that makes sense. I think it does. I think it makes a tremendous amount of sense because your example of telling your manager that she's awful at her job is not, you might think that, and you might express that in a way that is, I would say aggressive. Maybe I've got some four letter words in there. Over the top. Yeah. It's over the top. Exactly. And that might be authentically you, but again, tempering that with the EQ and the emotional intelligence to know when being authentic in that manner is the wrong way to go. And when again, maybe candor or maybe a little bit more reserved version of yourself is in order is I think the real, the real takeaway here, Roger. That's awesome. I think it is, you know, and and putting yourself in their place, right? Because if you have empathy before you're about to say something, think about how this person is going to receive it. You know, like what if, what if it was that person sitting across the table and they were telling you that your style was awful, awful, (laughs) you know? Oh, all right. Maybe I should think about a, whether I want to say it and B how I should say it. Gotcha. Well, great. Hey, Last question that I'm going to ask you before the three kind of lightning round ones at the end. They're not really a lightning round, but they sort of are. Last question, Roger, is there anything that you and I didn't talk about today about authenticity that job seekers should know about? This has been one of the best interviews I've had and best conversations I've had about it, and especially as it relates to job hunters. My my advice is uh, be yourself. Keep hanging in there. The more you show up as yourself the more likely you are that you're going to find the right match. And I think that's maybe even better of an answer than any question I could ask you, because again, they keep hanging in their part. There's not enough people rooting in your corner. Listener, you know, we're here at recruiting hell, Roger, myself, all of my guests, they're rooting for you to make sure that you get out of this really challenging time in your life. So again, remember you're not alone. That's part of our mission here at the show. Roger, last three questions. Again, sort of the rapid fire, but again, if you want to dig into these a little bit more, go for it. Number one, what is the number one thing you think is wrong with the modern job search? Impersonal. 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 Uh, a bit short, short answer after that. It's all emails and text messages and digits and ones and zeros uh, right now. That's the perception. And I know I'm dating myself when I say that, but here's the deal. Make it personal for you and whoever is hiring you. That is a fabulous little addendum to that because it's so mechanized in some cases that when that little glimmer of personality comes through, it gets picked up. It gets picked up and noticed really easily, which is good. All right. Number two, what's one thing you've seen in the modern job hunt that everyone doesn't do that they should be doing? Video and voice. I'm going to go it again. Make it personal. Here's the deal. You can leave a voice message in LinkedIn if you use your phone app. All right? Leave them a voice. Uh, leave them a voice message. Number two, send them a short one-minute video in response to their email to you. Okay? You can embed video in your email. Make it short. Make it short and to the point. But they're going to get to know you versus the words on a page. Video and voice. Video and voice. And that's, I'm so glad you mentioned that because that's one of my favorite things to do with really wowing folks when they like contact me on LinkedIn. I go over to bombbomb.com and I actually know the guy who is in charge of that. Um, He Mm. he works with my actual day job company. And Ethan is A, the nicest person in the universe. He's a wonderful human being. But B, his platform is so easy to pick up and just throw in an email and say, and 
when yep. somebody opens that and it says, Hey, I'm Rob. I'm, you know, here's what I have to offer things like that. And again, I'm not saying use it as a, I'm a, I'm looking for a job, you know, cause you network for the give, Mm-mm. but if people are, you know, reaching out to you, I've had people reply to me with bomb bombs on LinkedIn and it's mm-hmm. awesome. So that's something that it is really incorporate. Go ahead. I do it in my sales stuff. And do you, uh, do you mind if I mention two other sources other than bomb? Please bomb? do. We always want variety here. Yeah. Well, uh, one, uh, one video source, Loom, L-O-O-M, oh, Loom's great. Loom video. Mm-hmm. That's one you can do. And Drift, D-R-I-F-T, is another one that you can do the plug-in right into LinkedIn. So here's the deal. Uh, I, when, I, when I respond to somebody, I, you know, I'm not asking for the sale, you know, because that's, that's part of what I have to do. It's the same thing with a job. I will keep it short and sweet. I say, I'll say, look, you know, this is pro- I, Rob, this is going to come across easier in, in this message than it would uh, sending you an email. Here's the answer to your question. Yes, I'm available. Yes, I'm going to, you know, and, and then I'll just go on and answer the, uh, the, the question that they had for me in the email. So I will just use that opportunity to use video to respond versus typing out a message. It's totally. Yeah. And it's so funny. You mentioned loom and, and drift as well. A, one of my podcasts that I produce on, you know, for my day job, their guest was the CEO of Drift last week. No a, way. <laughs> and then B, we have a war of whether Bomb Bomb or Loom is more often used in ours. So I see Loom stuff all the time. So wow. again, listeners, bombbomb.com, loom.com, or drift.com. Three great ways to help make sure that your communication back to people is not only authentic, but also videos you and let some of that personality come through as well. Again, works amazing on LinkedIn. And speaking of LinkedIn, Roger, final question, and it can't you can't double up on this one, all right? What's your number one LinkedIn tip? I won't double Atta up. Boy. <laughs> build relation build relationships. And here's the way you do that. Give the other person something. Right? We can all raise our hands, you know, with how many times we've been pitched, you know, on LinkedIn. Oh, yeah. But build relationships. The way you do that is by giving the other person something. Now, it could be an article that you read, could be a bit of advice. It could be something, you know, uh, by, com- by commenting positively on something that they shared or they did. And you can do this in the job world, too. If you are responding back to somebody via LinkedIn, have a reason to respond back to them, you know, and say, hey, yes, thanks for the interview. And, oh, by the way, you mentioned so-and-so is happening in the manufacturing sector. Hey, guess what I found? Here's an article about that that happened in the manufacturing sector. Do your homework a little bit uh, and you'll come off because everybody says thank you, but they don't say thank you with a gift. So think of a way that you can give back to them when you're responding to them or reaching out to them uh, when you first make contact with them on uh, on LinkedIn. Roger, that is That's the way you build. That is some pretty darn impressive stuff to help people out here. I love it. Uh, and listener, I would advise you Everything that this man has just said in the past, I don't know, four minutes or so is probably, again, (laughs) I've been really pushing towards like quality content this season and uh, I'm pretty sure that checks all the boxes there. So Roger, thanks again. Oh, I'm glad to help. Oh yeah. And you you know, thanks for coming out to the show and and helping us kind of figure out what authenticity is, is all about. And, uh, you know, we want, would like to, you know, always make sure that you're, you're welcome back and things like that. And as we, we end the show, if folks were looking to find more of you, good sir, where would they do that? Easiest place to go is my website right now, rogerwalkoff.com, and you'll get the correct spelling of my name in the show notes and on the episode. Or you can just type in Roger Walkoff on uh, any of the socials. I'm on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, and Twitter. And, and lastly, the uh, uh, podcast that I do with uh, Ariel Kopak, Mas- MP3, it's called MP3 Mastering uh, Personality, 
perspective and productivity. That's how you can find me. Definitely. And I think listeners, if you uh, would be, do me a solid and go and listen to Roger and Ariel's show, uh, they not only have some, some fantastic exercises and revelations and things like that, but there's, there's some, some pretty money advice that is, is dispensed in that. And it's, it's actually one of my favorite shows to tune into as a, as a fellow podcaster. I definitely try to make sure that I'm always supporting you guys. And uh, if you enjoy, well, thanks, oh, definitely. And listeners, if you enjoy my show, I think you will get a lot of value from Roger and Ariel's show as well. So Roger, that's all we got right now. It has been an absolute pleasure having you down here in recruiting hell, my friend. Thank you so much for sitting in the hot seat today. It's been my pleasure to be with you. It's hot in here. Yeah, right. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Thanks for having me, buddy. I've lo- uh, been a great time talking with you. As we draw this episode to a close, remember, you are worth more than your work. Your value to society is not dictated by what you do to pay your bills. Job hunting is difficult, no matter your age, gender, location, or background, and it's both acceptable and to your benefit to seek every bit of help in conquering this challenge. For more from Recruiting Hell, subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast player or our YouTube channel. And don't forget to leave a review of the show if your podcast platform allows it. It's tremendously helpful. Connect with Rob via LinkedIn. Be sure to visit recruiting-hell.com to subscribe to our newsletter. And of course, follow the show all across social media. Just look for the orange and blue flame logo. Recruiting Hell is a production of Westport Studios and is proudly made in Wisconsin. Lastly, be sure to visit and support our sponsors. They make it possible to do this show and make it better every single week. Remember, your job hunt is a marathon, not a sprint, and Recruiting Hell will be here to help you keep pace. Thanks for listening. Hey folks, it's Rob. Are you looking for a new opportunity in an up-and-coming industry that can help you get out of recruiting hell? CoinList, one of the fastest-growing companies in the cryptocurrency space, is hiring. That's right, they not only support this show because they believe in it, but they believe that there's great talent to be found in this audience. Generous comp, great flexibility, incredible benefits, a strong culture, and a powerhouse team sound like a fit for you? Head to www.coinlist.co slash jobs and apply today. That's www.coinlist.co slash jobs. And be sure to let them know that you found them here on Recruiting Hell.